Paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Good evening, folks, and welcome to episode 65 of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined by one of our normal co-hosts. Say hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. Yeah, I knew that you could do that. And a special guest for tonight, the one, the only, Evil Mog. Hi, everybody. So, Dustin, sorry, Evil Mog. Is here to speak Whichever. with us. Yeah, I guess there's. It's not. Uh, it's not like no one knows who you are, right? Uh, is here to talk to us later about a pretty cool project he's got going on related to DerbyCon. Which, uh, if I understand the challenges correctly, you may be able to get a ticket to DerbyCon out of. Or are those two all? of them actually? Two of them. Awesome. So if you want to go to DerbyCon and you missed your chance to get a ticket, now is the time to listen to Iron Sysadmin podcast and play Derby Mud. So uh, we'll be doing that after the news. So since I'm sure you're all excited to hear about Derby Mud, uh, we're going to get right into the news. So our first article for tonight comes from CNET, and it's basically a follow-up to an article that we covered back in April, I think it was, when um, the Galaxy Fold, if you remember that, this is the like two freaking thousand dollar folding smartphone from Samsung. Uh, where they released it to reviewers, and reviewers almost immediately started reporting problems where the screen, like, creased, and it got dirt behind it, and uh, what, they were peeling off the coating on the outside of the screen because they thought it was a one of those plastic shipping protectors that's, that phones come with? Well, apparently, Samsung has fixed all those things, um, you know, because it's a folding smartphone. Uh, Let's see here. They say a protective top layer that extends beyond the bezel, making it apparent that it is an integral part of the screen structure, not a dust guard (laughs) you'd want to remove. That's one change. Uh, Reinforcements. They don't really go into any detail, but reinforcements uh, to keep debris from working its way underneath the screen. Uh, New protective caps to strengthen the top and bottom hinge area, which had uh, revealed natural gaps, yada, yada, yada. Uh, metal reinforcements beneath the screen and reducing the air gap between the folds, body, and hinge. I still think that this thing is going to be fraught with peril, so buy at your own risk. How was that any different from any of their other things, like the Note 7 or anything else that sets themselves on fire? The Note or 7 that exploded? Yeah, you're right, the exploding phone. Um, so this list makes me think that they were having a problem with dust, maybe? And they didn't think about this beforehand? Yeah, right. I mean, who would think that a device that you keep in your pocket, like a smartphone, wouldn't get dust all over. I don't know if you can see this on my camera. You guys can't because you can't see me, but the stream can. Uh, Look at all the dust and crap that's in the speakers and the port on the bottom of my iPhone just from being in my pocket. Like, like this isn't a thing that happens, right? So, yeah. um, Imagine that. Smartphones get covered in dust. So, um, yeah. If you're interested in a Galaxy, uh, a Samsung Galaxy Fold... You'll be able to buy one. They say September, but they don't. They don't list a date. They say they'll be a little more forthcoming on dates uh, once the once once we get closer to September. So they're basically promising it's not going to break on you and it's not going to set itself on fire. I don't know if they're promising that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure this Eula. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure this Eula that yeah. says if this breaks, sets on fire, or gets dust in it, you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. Smartphones may explode and get dust what? beneath the screen. They also the group that got in crap for their waterproof claims as well. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it's you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're 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 
hands down one of the biggest manufacturers of or most popular manufacturers of Android. So yeah, they got sued somewhere. Someone got sued for claiming their phones were waterproof because they had their phones in Australia or something being shown underwater. But the second they get wet, they get void of a warranty. But their marketing is that so they get some kind of antitrust um, fine in like Australia or something. I mean, that sounds reasonable. All I really know about Samsung Android phones is that um, every every month or two, when they decide to push an update for whatever reason they decide to push an update, um, a large string of expletives comes out of my wife's mouth, uh, followed by you know two or three days of being utterly confused and frustrated with her phone. Outside I, of that, I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't use them. So I still don't understand why your wife still insists on using an Android device. I, I don't know. I, she, I, like, doesn't she use Apple everything else? Uh, <laughs> Samsung yeah. sued by Australian consumer watchdog over water-resistant phones. There you go. This, she, she actually has a Windows machine now that she plays, plays games and stuff on. So What? Yes. Yeah, I, turns out Windows... Yeah, I like Windows. Windows 10 is actually not bad. Who invited this guy? Windows 10 with Bash and the you know, whole Windows I mean, analytics and I, like they're getting better. I have to say that I don't fully disagree with Mog here. <clears throat> Windows 10. No, I, I, Windows I mean, 10 it's better is not than Ubuntu. Terrible. It's better than it's better than Ubuntu and System D. <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I go that I, far. I agree that almost anything is better than Ubuntu. Um, but uh, I, 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 you're not wrong. Windows 10 is not horrible. But I mean, isn't that just isn't that, you know, damning with faint praise? Windows 10 is a better Linux than Ubuntu. <laughs> I would say Windows 10 is better than any Windows we've seen thus far, with the exception of maybe Windows 2000. Windows 2000 was freaking awesome. Yes, I agree with that. Windows 2000 was my favorite. Yeah, if, you, if you disagree, fight me. <laughs> I'll do it in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe so, this um, year we'll bring, the, we'll bring the knives and we can fight at uh, DerbyCon. So like yeah right right the knives that we have to get I mean uh, uh, Jedi I see you in the chat do you still have the rubber knives because we need the rubber knives if we're gonna fight at DerbyCon you know those stupid rubber knives spawned the longest Twitter thread I know this date and it's still running and it's I all had, my fault I had to mute the thread I'm not even sure what's going on <laughs> it's still going I get dragged into it every once in a while because I muted <laughs> one portion of the thread so it's like every once in a while I get dragged into it so for those of you that don't know there was a Twitter thread started by Brian Phillips on a standard Friday follow about a year and a half ago now or about a year ago yeah it was well it's it was so before DerbyCon because it led into DerbyCon yeah, so it was pre-DerbyCon, and then so I made a joke about you know showing up on Iron Sisted Man and then some other podcast, and then people started joking about a rubber knife fight, and no, then um, Danny, I think it was yes. Danny, he invited you to be on Rally. Yes. And then I, I made a comment, you know, hey, you should come on Iron Sisted Man too, and then it just like Danny immediately like got aggressive. <laughs> Yep, and then it, it just, just evolved into a giant shift <laughs> war that's gone on now, and people kept adding people, then sub-chains, then removing people, then adding more, and so this Threadzilla has didn't, branched so often that it broke everyone's tweet decks. Didn't people tag, like, famous people and like, dragging all kinds of crazy... Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that thing was an outright Twitter virus. Like, yes. it was a meme gone wrong. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Well, we, I mean, we, we hit the maximum number of people that you can, you can uh, CC in a tweet. And I believe 
last week or the week before uh, the one year anniversary passed that everybody uh, jumped up and down about. So, I can't believe yeah, it's, it's still going. It's, it's still going. I had to mute awesome. it because it was it was like every now and then it would just flare up and my phone would go insane. It, it's yeah. probably it, it, it might possibly be the most positive infosec Twitter thread I've seen because like be. every week it could be it's you know certain people start posting like you know about being Friday and hey it's Monday like hope you have a good week everything like it's it's very positive it's it's kind of interesting but it's like full of cat memes and like random yeah. like weird stuff like it, it just brings a yes. smile to my face and the joke is that either Brian Phillips you know, may have brought the kindling but I brought the gas yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So anyway, um, back on topic for at least just a moment. If if anybody out there actually wants a folding smartphone, I want to hear from you. Send me a tweet or something and say, yes, this is a thing that the world needs, because I'm not convinced. <laughs> hey, I just watched the new season of Black Mirror, and the folding phones that they had on the one episode were just, I mean, they just worked. They were awesome. No, look, so, if, if, I want, if I want a portable device with a screen that large, it has to be like those holographic d- displays you see in like, like Jarvis and you know, like dude, I just want like a Google glass that works or an AR screen. It's all transparent I or would, a set of like yeah, a- AR AR. I think is where it's at. I would, but. I would go for that or, you know, like a brain implant. That'd be fine. I think, I think black mirror got it right. The, the form factor they went with for, I forget which was one of the three episodes, but the, the form factor they used was like, it was literally a Motorola razor. But it was a full, it was a full screen folding. It, that's all it was. Interesting. And it, it, it looked great. There you so, go. I think, so, that's, I think that's the proper form factor. So somebody let Samsung know they have to watch Black Mirror, Black Mirror to get this right. Just bring me also, back the slide out hardware keyboard. That's all I want. Yeah, I yeah, do. I do miss those. Two two grand for a folding phone seems a little on the high side to me too. So. Well, just buy a laptop at that look, point, or it, a freaking pocketbook, or those little netbooks, or yeah, whatever else. If if you look at the phone. Right, there's pictures of it in the article. It literally looks like this is double the smartphone with a hinge in the middle. It looks like they've taken two devices or two things that are about the size of two separate devices, hinged them together, integrated them, and now you've got a small a folding device. So of course it's oh, so twice it's the like, price of a smartphone. And so that's it's like exactly the smartphone transmission with two transmissions bolted together and there's an auto controller mounted onto it. Yeah. There right. You go. And that's exactly what marketing said. Oh, this is two smartphones. We can just charge double the price. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it worth two grand? I don't know, but it is certainly being sold it for two grand. Probably costs the same parts as it costs for a regular phone. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I would guess that it's a little the, more the expensive. Probably it's going to be a premium for kids still to make it because they have the tinier little hands for the hinge component. But yep. other than that, yep, yep. They did say that the Galaxy Fold's pre-sales back in April did sell out before the phone even shipped. Nobody got charged though because they delayed the launch of the phone. So I don't know if those people are still on some kind of waiting list or or what. But I mean, my money says this phone is just like the 737 Max 8. It'll never actually come out. <laughs> but uh, with any luck, it won't kill a bunch of people. I mean, unlike the Note 7. Unlike the Note 7. <laughs> so there's another... <laughs> there's, another there's a competitor in the wings that has a better product that's going to come out and kill it. Before it even gets out the door, is that what you're saying? Maybe we're, if we're going to compare it to the 747. Yeah, yeah. Where who who's Airbus? I mean, Apple. Their yeah. phone actually doesn't break. I don't. I don't know that. So, I mean, if 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 trends hold, Apple will eventually release a folding smartphone. 
but they'll do it two years after Android does, or after Samsung does, and they'll do it right. Or, yeah, or I, they'll just release it and then forget it ever existed, kind of like the um, the Newton and the other crap. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm just not interested in a small in a folding phone. It's it's an interesting idea, but I think if I wanted something with as much screen real estate as a folding phone, I like in today's standards, not the holographic thing I was describing. I would simply carry a small laptop. Yeah, or a I, tablet. I, I would be interested in an origami folding laptop where yes. I open the lid, right. my 13-inch laptop turns into a 27-inch screen. No, you, you pull a small folded crane out of your pocket. <laughs> and as you <laughs> unfold it, it turns into a laptop. <laughs> I mean, that, that to, honestly, like, if, if I'm going to go for folding something, like, I want my, my laptop needs to fold out to a larger full-screen display. Now, I mean, they have things like the that. problem... There's the problem with the distance between the keyboard and the screen and like, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, issues with that. But that is more interesting to me than a folding phone. You know, people should just quit trying to reinvent the wheel. Go with what works. Go back to the old netbook format. Only make them so they actually have some decent power to them and call it a freaking day. Yeah, like I those mean. Those palm tops, lightweight. Like if they made me a palm top that was like a nine inch full Linux kernel, you know, about yay big or so and about yay big wide that I could they carry around and plug a serial port into like a console into a damn router. I would give you dollars tomorrow. Yeah. Well, so have you seen the, hard. have you seen the GPD? No. So there, uh, there's a, it's uh, GPD. I think is the, the name of the, isn't that like a uh, currency in France? The, no, it, it, so it's, it's, it's a palm top <laughs> and it's, 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 I mean, we're not, I don't, I don't know that we're talking like i7, i9 power. Is this, is this, but that, call like an i3, I'll be happy. Is this that no, thing I, that, I it's like an i5 in it. Is this oh, that wow. thing that, uh, that Naomi Wu carries around? I don't know who that is. Sexy cyborg. Chinese you know girl who, who got arrested a couple oh, of okay. times. I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me, let me look up the specs real quick. And see. All right, let's go to the next news item. Let me look that up. Yeah, right. I mean, I just looked it up, and I, I can see it. The only reason that made me think of her is because it's listed as from Sen Chen. Sen Chen? Sen Jen? Yeah. Which is where she says she's from, where she is. So, right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, it's a Celeron in the, the one. Oh, that perfect. That'll work. They still make Celerons? I had no idea. Or is it just that old? BC one hundred terminal with freaking SSH. Yeah, it, it apparently this is this that's what this thing does. So like, uh, who was talking? Jason Street and somebody else were chatting about this the other day. Uh, if Jason's talking about, it, I don't want to hear about it. I guess a new a new version of it came out that's you know upgraded and and apparently is is great. Cool. Um, yeah. So Jedi Jedi said uh, GPD Pocket Two is like the new one. All right. Cool. cool. I mean, the one that they showed on their website, which looked like a pretty sleek little laptop, um, actually looked pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like it's a if you're a roving uh, uh, admin of something that needs to be online all the time, like this thing will fit in your back pocket. Cool. Dude, I'm buying one of these. So on to our next article. <laughs> if, if someone can find me a folding one, though, then it would be better. Um so this comes from ZDNet. Um, Robinhood, which is apparently a some kind of a stock trading service. Yeah, it's actually really. Um, oh yeah, they were storing all their credentials in ClearText. Does it does it steal from the rich? 
because no, that so, seems like an odd yeah. name for a stock so, trading service. All right. So so I'll, Robinhood is an app you install on your phone that allows you to trade stocks. Yeah, I can see that uh, from the pictures. Also, it also allows you to trade like uh, Bitcoin, I think Ethereum, huh. and maybe one or two other cryptocurrencies. Stocks have to be traded in full units. So you have to buy a full unit of a stock. Crypto can be traded in partial units. So if you have now, like crypto is not cryptocurrency. It's cryptography. I will fight you on that one. Okay, <laughs> cryptocurrency has that. I, I apologize. Uh, so, so it's actually it's Forgot actually we had Mog on the phone. App. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's a pretty cool app. Um, I I've been using it for a while. I enjoy it. It's you know it's something that I can look at and kind of keep up on what's going on. Um, they're not storing their credentials in clear text. So much like, um, who was the other one that did this recently? Um, I think Google actually had this problem. A what? log. Clear text? It, it was Twitter. You're thinking Facebook. Was it Twitter? So, it was Twitter. Was they had clear text oh, no, no. actually logged no, this, to a log file somewhere. This was Facebook. Right. It yeah. was Facebook. Facebook. We, we covered the article. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. so they, they, in something, not, not the storage of the passwords directly, but somewhere a log file or a debug file or yeah. something had clear text passwords for some stupid reason yeah um, so, I mean, kind of like my mud <laughs> <laughs> i knew there was a reason i didn't give your mud any of my uh useful credentials text because you, you actually they're not they're that. running in they're running in salted shaw one but because you're connecting over telnet it doesn't matter <laughs> All right, I only, so I only use my bank passwords to log into your mud. <laughs> if you did, I would laugh because I'm doing a paper on this right now. Once I finish doing the extraction, I'm going to post the results of everyone's password analysis at DerbyCon. Nice. I I I, I really think I generated it. No, wait. Did, what did I do? I think I generated I you a password is. from LastPass. So good that's luck right. Half that. the passwords are test one two three password. Um, Mog's mud sucks. Uh, there's a few others that I've already checked out that were hilarious. Nice. Nice. I actually gonna have to create a new account. I don't remember what the hell password I used. I can reset it for you after this. Now he's now he's like, oh crap, crap. I think I actually used the password <laughs> oh, I care about. No, I, I, <laughs> I better make it. I better make it look nonchalant. To be fair, I put a giant warning when you log into the game now that says don't use a real password. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I also um, to your mud with Netcat because well we'll talk about it later. But. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Robinhood has uh, apparently given your passwords to their clear text storage engine, not the rich or the poor. Um, so yeah, com tomorrow. Interesting stuff. Uh, they they also go on to say that they don't have any evidence that any of this was leaked, but they're recommending everyone change their password. You know, when a company says they don't have any evidence, it just means they're too late to do an investigation. It just so means just they haven't to... looked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they look, then they're compliant, or then they have to be responsible for things, have to report breaches. Yeah. I'd rather just say it's nothing and not worry about it. Because if you know, send your to logs here, to Gavin Null, nobody cares. Nothing to see here, yeah, but, but, if but change your passwords. If you're declaring to everybody, like, hey, we stored this stuff in a readable format, like, isn't that kind of a breach notification? Yeah, because like, somebody no, it, saw no, it. That's a sysadmin screw-up. There's a difference. Yeah, right. Well, it might not be a sysadmin screw-up. Don't blame the sysadmin. It could be a developer screw-up. <laughs> or it could be intentional. Never ascribed to malice, but can equally ascribe to stupidity. It, but in this case, it was probably intentional. It could be security too. So remember, security is the one that's interested in those logs for for watching. It's always people. the blue team's fault. Always, because the blue team's really outsourced to India. <laughs> right, right. It's not the blue team's fault. It's the firewall's fault. 
And if it's not the firewall's fault, it's, it's DNS. DNS. It's DNS. Otherwise, it's BGP. It's absolutely DNS's fault. BGP, yes. Blame BGP. I, I miss playing with BGP so much. <laughs> well, I mean, you still could. It just isn't at the same scale you were used to. Go to China. They play with BGP more than the rest of us. Listen, I'm sure that ISP we used to work for would happily take you back, man. You could go play Actually, with BGP all right. you want. I, I probably could play with BGP. All I have to do is start announcing it, and I'm sure the ISP I'm on will start listening. Probably all you have to do is log back into their routers using the passwords they never changed. Dude, don't even log into the routers. Just do a BGP announcement from your freaking home DSL router. They yeah. probably accept your whole route through yeah. the internet. Like Amazon will go through your DSL out of Wisconsin. Listen, you Philistine, we have cable here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The land of the free finally has cable. Yeah, it sucks. We actually had cable long before we had DSL here. Don't mess with my 20 it was a, megs. It was a clear, open network, but we'll move beyond that. <laughs> okay, so the next article is from Vice, and this is another follow-up. At least I think it's a follow-up. Remember we talked about how these Amazon Ring um, doorbells were being used by law enforcement yeah. to, to track yeah. down criminals? Well, and this is... Surprise, surprise... I think we I think we speculated on the show. I don't think it was in the article, but we speculated that there would eventually be um, some slight incentives for law enforcement or municipalities to push people into buying ring doorbells. Well, guess what? (laughs) Amazon requires police to shill surveillance cameras in a secret agreement. So uh, let's see, this is the Lakeland, Florida Police Department is required to encourage adoption of Ring products as part of a secret agreement with the company. I assume the company would be Amazon. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this is, you know, the the next level of home security slash security slash what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, Surveillance Surveillance. state. Yes, surveillance state. You notice how... And both Amazon and the CIA are referred to as the company. And and <laughs> capitalism. Don't forget capitalism. <laughs> so good stuff here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so the short story is uh, police can contract with Amazon to view the surveillance of people who have Ring products, uh, provided that they opt in by default uh and use that for well i mean i'm sure they only use it for good in absolutely better better criminals absolutely Um, and now amazon or maybe you know still amazon uh is is writing the the contract such that the police that are that are signing up for this have to sell or at least recommend ring products do they at least get commission Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it says that they're incentivized, so I would think yes. <laughs> right? Like, we all know cops get paid nothing anyways, so yeah, I mean, how so else are they going to get their money? Yes, I mean, they, they, yes, they, they do. They do. So, all right, hang on. Um, Lakeland Police Department gets credit towards more free ring cameras for residents. Each qualifying download of the uh, Neighborhood Watch app, which is what what allows them yep. to that's think. like the the network uh, whatever that well, lets you yeah will count as ten dollars towards these free cameras um now the amazon price for a wait, camera wait, wait. is thirty dollars ten dollars toward a free camera wouldn't right, a free so camera the, not require money toward a camera 
They gave him credits. So I guess after you sell X amount, yeah. you get free cameras for yourself. I mean, that's right. not a real commission. That's just free crap product that costs them $10 to make in China. Yeah, well, yeah. What I'm guessing is that the police department, for as much as they can push this, they get a bunch of free cameras that they can give to people that can increase their you know, view of, of the world. Yeah. And I'm sure they're giving the cameras to residents in uh, areas that don't have any crime whatsoever, um, you know, like like they would. Yeah, yeah, so... so. So imagine that, uh, police being incentivized to sell ring doorbells. Does not sound, uh, doesn't sound great. So moving along, we've got one more article, and this is, I mean, it's going to sound very familiar. Uh, just, you know, you, you can substitute a couple words in the, uh, in the, 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 the headline and you, you can just, you know, there's, there's a number of places this has happened. Again, from ZDNet, a ransomware incident leaves some Johannesburg residents without electricity. So wasn't it, what was it, Atlanta this happened in recently? And then there was, wasn't there a place here in PA? No, was it Atlanta? Or was it, um, I don't remember where it was. I'm going to Google this now. Anyway, I thought, I thought uh, Atlanta yeah, yeah, yeah. was crippled for a while. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking it was it was a relatively large city. Uh, for some reason, Atlanta sticks out in my head. Uh, so anyway, this is basically a ransomware infection at an electricity provider in the city of Johannesburg, South Africa's biggest city. Oh, in this comma, just South was, Africa's biggest city. Uh, and financial capital has left some of its residents without power. Uh, it was so, by the way. Yeah, Baltimore here in PA, but I thought no, Baltimore, Atlanta attacked as well. Baltimore, Maryland, right? Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> here I am with geography again, guys. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, basically the malware encrypted the company's database, internal network, web apps, and official website. So, guess what? Ransomware sucks, guys. Keep good backups. This is why you keep backups. And yeah. remember one phrase when it comes to backups: one is none, two is one. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, one. What's that? Hmm? Three, three backups, two mediums, one offsite location. Multiple offsite locations, damn it. I want three <laughs> offsite locations of one yeah. backup with two mediums. Wait. <laughs> Sounds like a DEFCON shower rule. Three, two, one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, uh, ransomware sucks, and this is a story we keep hearing about. So obviously people aren't learning from this, and they're not keeping good backups, because ransomware is pretty easy to recover from if you have good backups that are protected well. And cycled appropriately, and tested, and blah, 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 right, different, right. different mechanisms. But and make sure your backup doesn't get encrypted. But that's all easy. Right. Yeah, don't mount your backups. Yeah, right. That's all easy. Just do it all on tape. Call it a day. You'll be do fine. All on tape. tape doesn't degrade. Remove. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and that's that's it for the news. Okay. Unless, unless did that's, you? That's 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 triggering PTSD because previous company I worked for did all tape backups. Um, I lost two years of work um, because you know they the what was it the NTFS uh, the NTFS partitions had some sort of corruption and they couldn't recover the directory structure, blah, 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 blah. And then they went to the tape backups, which uh, turns out tape stretches. Weirdest thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Total unknown right there. And uh, so, yeah, I had a lot of white papers to rewrite. I still have you beat. 
I had a data center literally on fire during Calgary Stampede while I was trying to recover. And the backup data center was four kilometers away in a flood zone. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like poor planning. (laughs) At least the one in the flood zone might not be on fire. We had to move the data center 300 kilometers over the course of two months. Wow. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, so there, there is one. There's one additional uh, story that I added. Okay, uh, weaponized uh, blue keep exploit. Yep, yep. So, so we wanted to talk about keep briefly. So, uh, D- Dust, or, uh, sorry. Yeah, Mo- I can cover this. So, what happens is we all know about blue keep, right? It's the RDP exploit that was talked about at Microsoft Patch back in May. Um, technical details have been largely withheld because obviously this is really bad and it's wormable. Um, Certain people have done some mild technical analysis. That's fine. Turns out the Chinese did a paper, all in Chinese, oddly enough, of all the technical details of how Bluekeep actually functions. Well, if it's and in Chinese, English, nobody can read it, right? It's for, it's for fun. Then some English folks translated it all and published step-by-step how to run the execution. Foiled again. Now, the method they're doing right now will cause blue screens, but there is another method that I've been informed of that once they find out how to do it will lead to rapid weaponization and there's now a company, Immunity, God love them. They they sell Canvas for like $25,000 a seat. They are now selling weaponized Blue Keep exploits commercially. So if you haven't patched now, you should probably patch because if Immunity has it, someone's probably bought the license and then just done a PCAP dump of the whole conversation against the honeypot. So I guarantee you it's like either DEF CON or just post DEF CON. Somebody drops a live exploit. I just don't run any Windows servers. So, you know, I mean, or, you know, don't expose RDP to the freaking Internet and make sure you turn on. Wait, um, what? How? <laughs> Listen, if I don't expose RDP to the Internet, how am I supposed to get in to manage my server? That's VPN like everybody else. What? That's complicated. Factor authentication and stuff. And that Whoa. VPN thing that slows me down. I just need to get right in there. Do my thing. Just connect to IP6. You'll be fine. Yeah, right. No one uses that. Except for hackers. Except for hackers. And Derby Mud. No, Derby, Derby Mud's available on IP6. Cool. It is. Right. So we'll we'll have to cover that then too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I think that covers the news. There's no more other articles in there I missed. Not gonna. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Let, let me go ahead and play our transition then. All right, that might be, uh, what's that, like half an hour we spent on the news? Weird. Even with Mog here. I know. How'd we do that? Ah, he took everything over. Now, now, Sorry. Now, what? I didn't, uh, I didn't what? I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I was sharing shit. I need to find a way to tell Zoom to not auto-maximize when people share a screen, because that's totally going to mess with the stream. I think there's a setting for that. Yeah, but... I, don't even know I mean, hey, you invited a hacker to your show. I'm going to hack stuff. You, totally. I don't even know how to get into the settings on this player because on Linux... Hey, no hacking my Zoom. I got rid of that web server. On Linux, the UI is so different for Zoom that I don't know how to <laughs> change the goddamn settings. Well, maybe if you use a real OS like everything else, you know, switch to BSD or something. Why would I do that? Here, I'm going to move this over to this window. Yeah, use, use a real OS like BSD. Then Zoom won't run at all. <laughs> yeah, right. And you just can't run Zoom for anything. 
All right. So anyway, um, we will go over some basic announcements before we get into Derby Mud, which everyone's waiting for. Um, so first of all, I wanted to announce, since this is a you know a sysadmin podcast, that tomorrow is sysadmin appreciation day. So everyone, go appreciate your sysadmins. Buy them coffee expect, and donuts. Yeah, we expect gifts to be sent to the normal address. Yep, absolutely. We need uh, gifts. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, sysadmins like cupcakes. They like donuts. They like coffee. And beer. Yeah, except those of us that are counting calories because, you know, ugh, god damn it. Coffee. Lots and lots of coffee. Coffee. Coffee has no calories. I drink lots of coffee. Until all that crap you add into it, right? That's usually the problem with I, coffee. Uh, no, 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 no. Black coffee only. And we all know most sysadmins have stopped drinking regular like, creamed coffee after they've done the last like, 3 a.m. freaking phone call. They have to go slam some caffeine in and wake themselves <laughs> up. Right or change at 4 in the freaking morning. Yeah. Death right. Wish is a wonderful, wonderful brand of coffee. I recommend it. Death they Wish, make a huh? barrel brand coffee that is freaking tasty. They do like coffee beans aged in rum barrels and bourbon barrels and a special select blend. It's got all the caffeine and regular Death Wish, but like a nice hint of rum chocolate flavor to it. Neat. Without any actual additional additives. Neat. I'm in. Where do I buy this? Death Wish. They do occasional brand offerings like three or four times a year. Really? Just, I did not know that. Just oh. do a Google search for Death Wish. I'm sure you won't call it I buy Death Wish already. I was oh. unaware of the bourbon flavored Death Wish. One sec. I'm grabbing my coffee beans so I can show you on this whole thing. Barrel brand rum. We got some barrel brand. Uh, there we go. Bear with me here. So, this is your Death Wish. One sec. There we go. Ding. Silence. Barrel brand for, uh... coffees. And then we've all got. Cool. So, folks on the stream, are, this is probably cutting out for. For some reason, Zoom is going kind of sideways on me. Yeah, same here. Uh, all I see is a spinning chair at this point. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> oh, I'm still functioning. It must be the Canadian's fault. It's the Canadian. Yeah, it is. It does. It does. It definitely seems uh, localized to your video it's, feed. It's that wall between the U.S. and Canada that's preventing the packets from getting through. What? No, no, it's our flapping heads. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Right. Fair enough. So, uh, in celebration of Sysadmin Appreciation Day, I um, I had a couple articles that I submitted to enable Sysadmin. Yeah, I'm trying to get us back on topic. You see, I see you laughing at me. Um, <laughs> What's a topic? Yeah, right. Um, so they were actually published, so they're pretty cool. You can check them out. I put them in the notes of the show or the video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, also, my locking down SSH one got published there. So that's I'm actually kind of happy about that. My my stuff is being shared somewhere other than my own blog, which is kind of cool, I think. Yes, yes. Props to you for uh, getting published with, with Red Hat stuff. Uh, keep it up. Um, I'm expecting... Oh, so IBM published you now, that is what you're saying. Yeah, right. I've been published by IBM. <laughs> so so uh, your next your next blog post, I think, was going to be on the, the joys of System D and how you should you, you run it everywhere. Is that, is oh that yeah, right? yeah, that's it's already in the works. It's it's already half done. Are you actually serious? <laughs> because we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, um, you work for IBM. IBM now owns Red Hat, so you you need to convince IBM to convince Red Hat to take System D out. Oh, don't worry, I'm talking to Jenny, and I will do whatever pressure it takes the X Force Red <laughs> to go pull out System D. That abomination needs to die in a fire. You have your you have your chance, man. You have your chance. <laughs> and if anybody can do it, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how else did I get the email address evilmog at ibm.com? Yeah, right. I, you have I leverage have somehow. that one. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> and that's not only my daily. That's not an alias. That's my primary login to every single system. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I like it. Pretty cool. Like people, like they, they close the loophole because of me. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the first time you've uttered that sentence. I feel like they closed like the loophole because of me. I think you created the loophole and they closed it after you. Probably. I did actually. So what happened was I found the IDR or the um, the ID management system slash you know self service etc. And I claimed I changed my name on marriage. <laughs> nice, nice. You get new alias, and there was and it was an automatic approval rather than manual approval. So it just flowed through. All my access magically disappeared. I got terminated in every system, and then magically I reappeared three days later. With a new name. New name and everything. Nice. That's cool. And then they, they didn't take it back? Why? Because it was six months later when they discovered it, and it would break too many systems because I was embedded into too many processes. That's awesome. <laughs> you are a living example of technical debt. Yep. <laughs> well, it'll take too much time to fix it. Leave it the way it is. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that which doesn't kill you makes me stronger. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, do we have any other announcements before we move along into reviews? Uh, nothing pressing, I don't think. No. Did you guys pick dates for Besides Delaware yet? You said, did you have dates last time? Uh, no. Uh, it is. You had a month last time, I think, not dates. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's happening in September. I'm. I'm trying desperately to get dates. It's getting a little long in the tooth trying to get the stuff out there so well, september uh, is pretty close to now i'm <laughs> if aware if people are going to make it to your conference you may want to release a date yeah yeah we're pushing <laughs> i think i think it's coming down to contract negotiations so i think we have dates but we can't announce them until the contract is signed well i'm going to tell you it would be a lot more convenient for me if you'd avoid september i will let them know i'm sure that they're going to take that into consideration do that let them know as long as it doesn't, you know, interrupt DerbyCon, yeah, I don't it'll care. be like right in the middle of DerbyCon. That would be ridiculous. Well, since most most of the uh, <laughs> right, their staff the group, at DerbyCon. Yeah, since most of the group staffs at DerbyCon, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. So maybe they'll just host besides Delaware inside of a conference room at DerbyCon. I like that idea. Yeah, have a conference there anyways. Conference at a conference. Why not? It's a meta conference. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, reviews, there are none. So folks, go leave us reviews so we know how we're doing. Ten stars all the way. Yay, ten stars from Evil Mug. I'm going to add that to the notes. I mean, I've only watched two episodes, including this one. The, the two that you've been on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I'll buy you guys beer at DerbyCon any day of the week. <laughs> cool. That sounds good to me. In fact, if anyone's going to DerbyCon, you should buy us beer. 
I'm thinking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Well, maybe not Monday. We got to drive. Back. Monday we'll be driving back to Pennsylvania. So Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can buy us all the beer you want. All the beer you sure. want. Sure. I mean, you know the conditions though of having beer from me. You have to go get initiated to the church and take your communion repeatedly. I thought that was like horrible um, scotch or something. Yeah, we've we've decided this year to be nice and no longer pick up the really crappy. Um, what the hell is it? We go down and we buy the worst bourbon we can find, like with the right. alcohol on the bottom and like, you know, like we're talking like the ethanol mix. This year we've made some changes. Number one, you have to send a consent form to be paddled and drink. Number two is you get your choice now of liquor. So it's that, it's Malort, and it's some kind of random crappy beer like Coors Light. Oh, Malort. Malort is, um, yeah. I think yeah. I'll take that over Coors Light, though. Coors Light? Why don't you just offer <laughs> I, I them a bottle I'll of water? Work. Yeah, exactly. I'll take my Lord over Coors Light. And then for anyone who doesn't <laughs> drink, they just take the Coors Light. Exactly. Actually, no, for those who don't drink, we're now offering, um, I think it's like really nasty pop. It's like tomato soup pop or like one of the nasty ultraviolet ones people have found somewhere. Have or you guys like, been talking to Dave or what? Yes, we have. <laughs> and then now you have a choice of whose paddle is you. So it's no longer just me. You have your choice of paddler. So it can be your friend, it can be me, it could be um, our nun that we have kicking around, it could be Render Man. You know, get a choice of who does the paddling. Oh, okay. So if we can find, like, the most frail-looking member of the Church of Wi-Fi and get the paddling from them? Yeah, but the most frail one's probably the strongest. She's yeah, that, the ex-army. That may be, <laughs> that may be <laughs> misleading, is that what you're saying? The problem is she misses a lot, so she winds up not getting it square in the butt, so it hurts more. Ouch. I have my aim perfected. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Proper aim is, is good in this. Oh, and then we're also auctioning off that paddle. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah, That's I heard cool. about that. That's cool. All right. Well, shall we get into the main topic? All right. So what I'm going to do, um, I need to set up a scene in OBS so that I can full screen your screen share. All right. So while you're doing that crap, you guys can all at least hear me. So. Yes, people can hear you now. So that should be fine. Awesome. Oh, so Dirty Mud was spawned because I was really, really bored, and I used to play a lot of MUDs when I was a teenager. And I used to go torment people on a very particular variant called Lars Penso C, or LPC MUDs, or LP MUDs specifically. So I decided to make myself a Python LPC generator, and then I wrote shell scripts to generate the Python scripts that then generate all the LPC, because quite frankly, I'm not writing thousands of lines of code. I am... Uh, you know, I get really, really freaking bored. It's kind of sad. So now that you guys <laughs> all see my magical screen, here is my magical mud. I'm going to show you how to log into it. It's really simple. Don't use Netcat, by the way, because it breaks. So you, you know, clear your screen. I don't have Telnet, though. Install Telnet in your Mac with Brew, damn it. <laughs> or go, go, go get a mud client. What, what was the one I, I found for Mac? Uh, it's called like, uh, Mudlet it's or something? I can client. There's one blowtorch for your freaking Android. There's. I'll, I'll bet there's Telnet in a container that I can run. Just install Telnet via Bruce. People <laughs> are giving me crap about, you know, how to uh, why I was using Telnet because all the muds use Telnet. All of them. Yeah, right. Telnet. If you're gonna make a, if you're gonna make a mud, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be period appropriate, right? <laughs> so like this, if I type in, you know, I'll use my name. I'm Iron Sysadmin. Is this correct? Yes. Bang. Oh, look, enter my password. P-A-S-S-W-0-R-D. Yes, that's a real password. Don't we use your real passwords here because I'm doing research on this later? Oh, shit, I broke my game. 
What have you oh, done? I'll be what have you done? If this game's actually broken, I'll be shocked. I can fix it later, but that's fine. Um, ah, the demo gods. <laughs> You've angered oh, no, the demo gods. <laughs> so, here's my magical little game. You wind up in a, you know, open field. But I'm just generally curious to see what actually happens. Let's try this again. Uh, new care. I might have just broken something earlier, which is fine. Um, oh, there we go. So it asks you for your hacker handle or make up a name because I have to be GDPR compliant. The original game actually asked you for your full name. I don't care. So I'm a, a bored monkey. It could be your email address. Obviously, the email address I'm asking for is only to reset your password or in case I feel like giving you a prize. Please make sure it's real or don't. I really don't care. I'm not your mother. I'm not your mother at blah.com. Enter the website. Evil Mog sucks. .io. Yeah, I know. There's only one race, human. But I did add like th four different gender options, male, female, neuter, or other. So take your pick. <laughs> and lo and behold, you're in a giant text-based game. For those of you that don't know what a mud is, you read the description like here. I'm going to look. Here's a sign. So in this game right now, there's only four active quests. If you go down, you go into my little sci-fi world. If you go into the portal, there's a wizard dungeon. If you go north, there's an newbie. So let's go into the newbie world. Wind up a newbie. For those of you who don't know, by the way, I'm offering DerbyCon ticket codes. Three DerbyCon ticket codes have been awarded. There are two more left. And I'm offering the final two after DEFCON because I'm going to make you all fight for the death for my next quest because it's funny watching you run around like little puppets. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go dance, on. monkeys, dance. <laughs> dance. Um, there is a couple of exploits I'm actually going to show off in this game. I've built in deliberate cheats. So in the newbie world, you're going to be in a tunnel. You'll be able to see a giant flower in this world. If you type pick flower, a bunny will come out and try and kill you. Now, does it have nasty big pointy teeth? It does. It's okay. We now have can... we have Tim the Enchanter on the chat, so we're good. There we go. Now, the reason why this is an exploit, if you look at the corpse, you can get potion from corpse. Drink potion. Now, my experience has jumped up enough levels, like 5,000 experience, because that potion gives you 5,000 experience every time you drink it. Sweet. Where the exploit comes in is if you type pick flower again, the bunny comes back. So you can just keep killing the bunny. Yep. Now, if you keep doing this, now here's the trick. If you advance beyond level two, or you complete the newbie quest, you can no longer get into the newbie world. Now, the advantage is I've disabled automatic level advancement. So you don't advance levels until you go south, go back out to the start of the game, uh, south. So here's where you start off. You go up, there's an advancement room. You type advance, that's when you advance. You can keep banking experience for as long as you want, and I don't care. Nice. There's no such thing as cheating in my game. I've nice. intentionally put breaks into this game so you can go exploit the game mechanics. Now... Next thing I'm going to show off on this screen, and it might mess up the screen sharing, so I apologize in advance. I'm going to stop this share. Listen, it took show... me all this time to get. <laughs> all right, I'm ready for you. All right, I'm going to do a new share, and I'm going to go pull up my. One sec here. It's going to take me a second to go get to the stupid, stupid Zoom. Get out of my way. There we go. So I'm going to go open up Picture Preview and see if this thing uh, shares properly.
So one sec, where's my share? As you can tell, I'm having technical difficulties because I'm not computer literate. That's okay. I just spent five minutes trying to get the OBS scenes set up. So you know, you're in good company. Yeah. We're st we're still seeing the uh, the mud, by the way. Yeah, no. I'm okay. just trying to find the okay. share button. Where's my new share? Where did it go? Yeah, I lost my little magic share button. That's okay. Um, when you switch it, it's going to go full screen on me again, I bet. And then I'm going to have to, you know, unfull screen it and then make sure that, yeah. Oh, there's new share. It'll be fun. So we're going to show this. Hey, it just went looking? right over. Look at that. So if you guys really want to, this is the map of one of the first levels of the mud itself. Everybody take a screenshot. Take a screenshot. It even has where the monsters are and everything. Sweet. Now, some of these rooms may not exist because this is my master from when I was building the damn thing. But the whole game is right now built off a whole compass system. So when I show all these things, we go into how the compass system works and where you can find your stuff. So this is the first one. Everyone take your screenshots. You get another two seconds. Now we're going to the next one. And let me go reduce share because I have to go change Three, the image to what four, I'm sharing. Five seconds. Six. Oh, there we go. <laughs> So here is another section of the East housing. This whole Southeast quadrant doesn't actually exist. So you'll hear about the Southwest. Uh, here's the North housing. Let me go share this crap. You know, just because I like dropping hints. That's the whole reason why I'm on the show. Um, this Northeast quadrant actually works. The Southeast Northwest doesn't. I'll leave it up to you to find out where these actually correspond to in the game. But you know, this is just yeah, you know, me feeling being nice and dropping raw details. What else we got here? Let's go share for a new share. And we've got the prison. Right, here's parts of the prison. Yeah, really tiny. That's not that big. Where it gets bigger is the second prison level because we're, you know, I like to expand on stuff. So here's the you know, prison. This whole area has mobs, by the way, filled. So if you guys are looking for areas to go advance in my game, go for it. But the one everyone wants, and this is the dirty evil secret to this whole damn game, is this here is the sewer map to completing the sewer quest that's a lot of rooms that is a lot of rooms and i coded all of these by using a cicd pipeline so i'll show you how the whole thing was built here in a few minutes once i get into the terminal yeah, that'll um, be but yeah cool. every, every single one of these things is an individual room file every single character's room file everything in lpc is an object or a c file somewhere or lpc file specifically so it's actually really freaking cool. And then the one, the money shot that everyone's looking for is going to be right here. So here's the second layer for the sewer. Now, I'm going to describe how to beat all of the quests verbally just because I feel like... All right, let me drop a couple of tips. The new quests get drop after I get sober from DEFCON. <laughs> I mean, so that's a given. Let me give it a couple of days. The number of quests that you beat is largely dependent upon um, or will directly affect how far you can advance or any advantages you have in the um, in the game. So now I'm showing my screen again. So if you guys want to go laugh at Iron System and be my guest. So here is the magical game. And now where I was talking about this compass system, if you go into my portal world, you type compass. Oh, look, there's a full actual compass complete with your coordinates. Interesting. So you can actually map stuff out. Now, that only works in core. It doesn't work inside Portal or anywhere else in the game. It only works when you go down through the portal. There's also a nice little command called Recall. Recall will send you back to wherever you are in case you get lost. You know, because why not? That's good to know, because I got lost in your mod when I logged in, and I had no idea where to get, how to get back out where I wanted to yeah. start from. <laughs> I coded that in. Cause, now, the only curse with Recall 
is it will drain your um, endurance a little bit, so you got to heal that back up. If you run out of endurance, you can't really fight too well, and that's really about it. The other bonus of completing the newbie quest is when you start off as a regular user, your skills are crap. Drinking that potion in the newbie quest actually sets your combat skills. Nice. So I put that in there because I was bored. Now, if you're looking to find out how to complete the wizard quest, I might have tweeted the map to this whole game back about, oh, let's call it nine months ago when this was the DerbyCon CTF. Oh, and player combat's on, by the way. So for those of you wondering, let me log in as Evil Mog because, quite frankly, this is boring as shit. Um, LS, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Habit. So, as Evil Mog, I can see it has a full Unix file system. And what I see compared to what you guys do is I see the actual room names. So, if you go into the portal, in the portal world, everything is all done in a coordinate system. So, the room you start off in is 1A, it's in the upper left hand corner. If you go east, you go to 1B. If you go south, you go to 2A. So it's actually mappable. So is that, I see that path there. Is that like mapping to an actual file system path, or is that just the way it displays it to you? So let me show you the game. So let's go into CD Gerba, or CD my Git repo, CD Gerba. Uh, You see a giant lib directory. We're going to lib. Uh, We're going to domains, and we want dungeon. Dungeons, yeah. Rooms. And here is all of the... So if you want to look at what 1A looks like, every single one of these files is LPC. Every single one of them. So these are .c files. They look like they might actually be C. Yeah, it's a variant of C called Lars Penso C. Ah, okay. Interesting. So each each room is essentially uh, almost... Every single one of them. It's almost a program, right? So does that mean you can get all kinds of crazy with what a room can do, or are you very limited as to what you can do? Everything is customizable. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now, the cool part you're going to like, if we go at take a look at, yes, I'm a nano user, yes, you can laugh. Ha ha. I don't, so have, I don't is, have the half from, I don't, I don't have the laugh from The Simpsons, but I have Doug. Yeah, so all of this is, is I have a little a room generator that actually creates LPC files. So I give it all the options where it's going left, right, up, down, what the panels look like, what the items look like. And this crappy script, once I get through it all, literally actually generates a LPC file out of all the your options you give so I can bulk generate these C files. That's kind of cool. And the cooler part about this is, let's go look at, say, a room generator. So let's go with uh, core uh, pbasement gen. Starts off, I go python core room.py, here's your area, here's your name, give it a coordinates. So every room in core has like an X, Y, and a Z room for its name. I give it a short, so I give it a long... And you go all the way through, it even tells you which exits you're going into and how they all do their interlinks. So I don't have to go write all these files by hand. The old days of writing LPC, it took for freaking ever. Yeah, right. So all this does, it outputs things to a current directory, then I can pull it into Git, and it goes into the game. That's pretty cool. And so then you, if I'm so going to update... So you have something at the other end, on the game yeah. server side, that's pulling the Git repo and rebuilding... Oh, the... no, I, I SSH to the box. So all I do is I go SSH Git at derbymud.mog.ninja I love that domain name, by the way. Yeah. Uh, CDGerba, CDLib, git pull. Cool, already up to date, and then if I want to update the whole game, telnet, derbymud.mog.ninja, port 4000, 
Evil Mog, Warm Boot, recompiles the whole game live. Nice. nice. I don't have to log out to do anything. You have you have no idea how interested I am in this, only because it, it reminds me of way back in the day. I used to play a game called Tele Arena, which was uh, basically like a... I hesitate to call it a mod, but it's the same concept that ran on top of Major, B- Major BBS. And um, I loved that game so much that when I got older, I ran my own board and I wrote custom maps for the thing. And it would be really yep. cool if I could port the maps from Tele Arena into this engine, which, from what you've just shown yeah. me, I think is very possible. As long as you describe the rooms. I mean, everything's just text descriptions. Yeah, so I mean, they were... They, it's, it's all a very old application as a bbs would be um mm-hmm. it it compiles these text files into um btrieve databases okay well the reason why i did this is i wrote this thing because i wasn't sure if i was gonna stick with lpc or go to a different game engine and i wanted to go have the game running yeah so i wrote the whole thing so that i could keep the shell files to auto regenerate the game in case i changed the engine or if i decided to change back-end mud components because right now we're running on something called dgd which is gpl'd and allows commercial use. So at DerbyCon, I'm going to open this up to people, um, a lot of the game generation components anyways. If you guys want to send me a pull request with a bunch of areas, hack at it to your heart's content. I'm accepting wizards. Um, right now, what's happening is... Oh, yeah, I forgot about one little thing that I should tell everyone about. And this is going to help you in your quest, by the way. Um, so if you get to... If I ever refer to the game as 000... Or a section of the game is zero zero zero. I'm talking about right here. When I encompass, my coordinates are zero zero zero. I give all my references inside the game with reference to that location. Okay. Just is that, because. Is that, is that where you start, or is that a place you have to find? It's a place you have to find. <clears throat> okay. Just type the compass. Find yourself around um, this little su- southeast quadrant here. Well, eventually, there's only one exit out of that quadrant, and that leads you into zero zero zero. Now, people are complaining about how this game's kind of hard to map. Well, I'll yeah. show you why. If you go east in the mass transit nodes, you go 10 units over instead of one. Yeah. So each one of these domes, so when I change domes, I'm now in a different dome. And the domes can be different sizes. Yeah. Like, here's this transit node. It's only a tiny little component. So I'm already over at 420.00. Right. So you kind of have to map out how far the certain units go, which is why I put a compass command in so you can identify where you were in the game. Cool. So that'll help you. Now, where I was looking for is if you get yourself to the prison dome, I think it's going to be three north of zero, zero in east. There should be a poster. What the hell's that? Oh, damn it. Now you can't find your poster. I've got posters behind me. You want to look at one of those? No, that's fine. Um, in here, there's a poster. you guys can't see me. Sorry. (laughs) It's going to be... One second. Let me grab this. You just passed it. Because it says small posters in place on the wall. Right there. Back one. There. Right there. There we go. So if you press this button... A red button? You may want to push it. That's a nice, subtle hint. Oh, look, there's a lockpick. Yay. Now, the cool part of this lockpick is I, if you I, go northwest... I did see your hint about you may want lockpicks. So now everyone yeah. knows where to get lockpicks. They're behind so like, the poster, guys. Yeah, there's also... I was selling them in one of the shops, but they're for free at one location. So you see those doors closed? If you type lockpick, 
Yay. Is there some kind of skill associated with that, or is it just the fact that you have lockpicks? If you have the lockpicks, I I haven't even tied a skill to do it. It's just a flat-out cheat. Now, the reason why this is important, in the sewer quest, there are certain doors you can't get through without finding the key. Most of the quest is finding the key. Like, you go down, you find Arnie, you kill him, you grab the sewer tracker, you find the hidden pipes in the sewer. Because the thing is, in the sewer level... There is not, or some of the exits aren't visible in the game, like how it says exits here. You have to look, it'll say like a pipe is jetting out. If you type pipe, you'll go into the pipe. You also look at the pipe as well. So you have to go, the way the sewer quest works is you have to find Arnie, find the tracker. He'll tell you, here's your tracker. You find a sewer um, access card. Then you go down to sewer control. You turn a pipe and that gives you a sewer key. And that gets you in, that allows you to enter into the steam room generators to kill the stupid mob. If you have the lock picks, anywhere that's actually locked out, you step lock pick and it bypasses that whole game mechanic. So, just as a trip for beating the sewer, because quite frankly, I was lazy and yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I I like it in that it is related to what red teamers do, right? You're not going to go yeah. find the key. I mean, you might go find the key. Maybe you can pick the lock, right? Yeah. So. And this thing, this whole game is I'm intentionally putting cheats into it. Most mods, they don't want you to cheat. Yeah. I want you to cheat and tell me how you did it. In fact, the quest I'm going to be unleashing, everyone's getting sent to prison. Everybody. And in fact, once I send everyone to prison, you can't get those lockpicks. Right. So get now while you can. So if you have lockpicks, when you go there, you'll have them already under your tongue exactly. or something. I'll let you keep your entire inventory. Now, here's the other thing. This game has player killing turned on. There's no restrictions on killing other players. So, if you're lower level, then you have the lockpicks. And a higher level player doesn't have them. They can just kill you take your inventory. That's that's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, and that's also by design. Because during the DerbyCon CTF last year... Instead of solving the CTF, everyone just started finding and blocking the way to finish the CTF and then started killing each other. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> it was hilarious. I, I actually had forgotten that you included this mud in, in the DerbyCon CTF last year. Yeah, so the DerbyCon CTF was all that portal section. I just ported it over and brought it over as an extra giveaway. So I've given away three quests. The way it worked was first person to complete a quest got the... Um, got the token. So the first quest was Pottles. You had to find and kill Pottles of the Gerbil. The second quest was the Sewer. You had to find and beat the Sewer. And the third was the Wizard Quest. You had to find the Potion in the Wizard Quest and drink the Potion. Those quests are still alive. And every quest you complete gives you a quest point. Um, certain quest point amounts will allow you to bypass certain sections of the next quest or the final quest. I haven't decided which. Hmm. But for the fourth quest, I'm dropping everybody in prison. You have to go find people and then eventually don't drop the soap in the showers to get out. (laughs) And then from there, you have to go find who wrongly imprisoned you and kill them. Nice. You know, and once he does that, everybody gets released from prison. Oh, okay. And then no one else can complete the quest. Well, they can complete the quest. It's just, you know, I'll leave a quest start token. You guys can complete it. But what happens is when you complete the quest the game will give you a DerbyCon ticket purchase code. Then I check the logs. Once um, first person to use the ticket code gets your DerbyCon purchase code on Eventbrite, and then that code's no longer valid. So it's kind of a, you have to complete the quest, then rush to go complete your checkout to get it. Right, in case someone else done, finishes it too. Yeah. And then I comment out the code once I notice checking the logs, and then I go on to the next quest. Right. So we've got, I might drop one this weekend, depending on how bored I get. I might just do something evil. We'll see. Um <laughs> 
there are evil clowns in this game and they can and will probably kill you. Awesome. So map out the game is a whole bunch of killing areas. I recommend um, looking at the maps I've given. There's some stuff that's not in the maps, obviously. Level your asses up because it's going to be handy when the player killing frenzy starts. <laughs> and there's also shops now in the game as well. So if I go to have recall, you can actually grind yourselves up really nicely. So if you go north, north, uh, east, uh, I made an auto dock. So he sells a blade, and that blade's only 1,000 credits. Now, if I want to go kill um, Autodoc, because I want his credits. So the Autodoc dies. When the corpse decays, they leave credits. Okay. You can get the credits and go buy shit. Or buy stuff. Um, in Back in this game, we've got a small blade, which is 1,000 credits, and actually does reasonably good. I might drop a sort of 1,000 truths in here somewhere that you know, slays everything instantly. And then the other cool thing is you can buy potions that increase your stats. Yeah. For 10,000 credits. As now, you expect. I might drop places that drop ridiculous amounts of credits, like a mining station, so you guys can spam Bitcoin mining or something stupid like that. But, you know, <laughs> um, the shops aren't quite in. I code them as I get around to it. Um, and I get really snarky with my room descriptions sometimes. Like, hey, Evil Mog's board doesn't feel like describing this room, so imagine that you're somewhere cool. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Um, also, there's stuff I like this. I would expect rest. snark. <laughs> oh yeah, there's tons of snark in this. Um, there's also stuff like there's rifts in reality because there's lots of coding errors in this game. Because I took a mudlib that had like 80% complete and then just stuck my stuff on it. So the game's not even remotely balanced. Bugs are encouraged and expected. So this is giant, basically my giant playground to torture you guys to give away two free ticket codes. Uh, sorry, not give away two free ticket codes. Give away two ticket purchase codes. Right. <clears throat> so, so you still got to pay dollars. So I have to ask you. You obviously are working with the the organizers of DerbyCon to do this. Otherwise, you wouldn't have these ticket codes, right? Or, yes. or did you, like, go buy tickets and put them in No, here? no. I messaged uh, Carl and Dave, and because Dave loved MUD, so I'm like, hey, yeah. I've got some giant MUD system, and I've already black-badged, and I have tickets from, like, I've got five years of the tickets from Hacker Jeopardy and all the other shenanigans I've done and speaking, and, like, like I'm ticketed up the wazoo, which is why they just downright black-badged me called it a day. Yeah. So I said, look, give me these extra tickets. Can you just give me ticket codes so people can go buy tickets like yeah you know what your way is far more random than our you know random 100 person it's arguably more fair yeah right i mean it actually takes you have to go do a thing to to get these it's not just exactly it doesn't require technical skill like most ctfs it's just whoever's bored enough to go put up my torture well and not just that right so with the the hundred ticket spurts that they're giving out it's like if you don't see that and do it in the first couple seconds you miss out Exactly. Versus I give people you know, a week notice, yeah. drop random codes right. throughout. Like, I got right. two more to give out before DerbyCon. So I figure, you know, maybe one this weekend or maybe one just during DEF CON or after DEF CON. I'm like, I'll do an announcement sometime randomly on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter, evil underscore mog. I post about Derby Mud all the time, as you guys can attest to. Yep. And I drop random cryptic hints. The other cool thing is when you log in, there's actually a boring website for this thing as well. So I'm going to go to the website. The website actually gives hints once in a while. Cool. I feel like being cool. So let's go to uh, derbymud.mog.ninja and don't laugh at my HTML skills. Like, I'm going hardcore, like, ghetto on this. So let me go share. New share. And there we go. Come on. There it goes. That's a beautiful website. Right? No, you, know so drop- you know what? This, this is perfectly fitting. <laughs> 
<laughs> Considering you're running a mud, this is the exact website I would expect. Exactly, right? <laughs> and so I drop hints on there. I drop hints on the message of the day. Um, I drop hints on DerbyCon or on um, Twitter. And I drop hints on the DerbyCon Slack. And sometimes I'll drop them on random locations and just forget about it. And, you know, I talk shit all the time. It's just, it's the way it works. So, yeah, if you have any questions, great. If you complain that's only Telnet, I don't care. And by the way, do not use your production password because I am doing password research on this later on. <laughs> like, completely. It's terrible. I'm the biggest jerk on the planet. That's okay. And it's also. There's plenty of warnings when you log in to, to this extent. So, you know. Oh, yeah. like Let's go highlight this just in case I yeah, don't want to say I didn't warn you. Um, so we're going to quit. We're going to log in. See right here. Highlighted. Yeah. <laughs> don't use your real password here. <laughs> it's on Telnet, and the hashing is crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I am salting the hashes. So the way it works is it's your password and then your username appended to the end of it. Then it's run through SHA-1 and then just raw ha- raw hacks. So you can run it in the hashcat mode one one zero. Problem is, it's got some weird parsing glitches due to some stuff I've got in the game on user D. But eh, whatever, I don't really care. It's got errors, so sue me. There is a bug report option though, and I do occasionally check the bug board. Oh, good. Um, in fact, let's go take a look at the bug board. Home east. I got three messages. Why are the lizards human? That's a very good question because I'm too lazy to write quests. <laughs> bug boards are best. Um, read number two. Yeah, the Fighters Guild doesn't actually work, and I disconnected it. Sorry, not sorry. I don't actually reply to your tickets. There is no Jira. There is no SLA. And I do <laughs> randomly shut down the mud and delete everybody's objects. So, I mean, you know, you you get what you pay for. Yeah, right, right. You want to run a better mud? Go run your own. I did for a long time. I, I really don't want to get back into it. <laughs> you know, the reason why I got into running or got, got into sysadmin and security is because I... Yeah, my first Unix box was so I could go run MUDs at school. You know, it's, uh, that, I actually had a thought that this could be an interesting topic to, to talk about tonight while we were talking about Derby MUD, is that a lot of us may have had a very similar story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I got started as a sysadmin because I wanted to run a BBS. Yeah. And, I mean, that's this essentially is... what it was. You know, like, I wanted to run a thing that I thought people would find fun and cool, and I ran a BBS for years because of it. And that really led into a career of being a sysadmin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, this thing was my first exposure to a shell. Like, this has a full LS, has file security systems on it. You can cat files. Like, let's go to commands player, cat compass.c. Like, this is actual, real, good-looking code. Yeah. I mean, it's ugly C, and it looks almost like Perl, but it's, you know, it's fully doable. And this is how I got my exposure into it. I think my first experience with Unix was an AIX system at Penn State, um, and somebody was running a mud on it. Uh, somebody, so after, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember who it was. Um, after getting after getting access to the system, I kind of stumbled upon the mud running, um, poked around a little bit, and since I had root on the system, I I may have artificially inflated my. Uh, level on the mud to above the person who was running the mud and screwed with him for a while. Nice. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> muds are fun. Indeed. They are. Indeed. Well, the thing is like, you could do all sorts of crazy things. Like, yeah, I could put you guys all in player combat, and make you all fight to the death for the final code. The Highlander style. Like when someone dies, they leave the mud and last man standing wins or last nice. person standing. That's perfect. 
There can be only one. <laughs> so now we know how the one's going to end. <laughs> you know, there might just be. I mean, the thing is, I'm going to go change the theme randomly, too. So if you guys want to go create a random theme, want to get my mud generator, I'll send you the code. Send me up a bunch of clowns and circus stuff. I want to fill this thing with so many clowns that Dave will never log on. <laughs> That's perfect. I don't know if he's afraid of the word clown, though. Yeah, but you could describe some really creepy clowns. And I mean, ideally, I'd love to get a NPC for every single person who goes to DerbyCon and put them in the game. Cool. So if you guys want to generate an, MP- an NPC here, I'll go do a tweet later on with how you generate the NPCs. Send me your C file and I'll throw it in the game somewhere. Sweet. You two can be in Derby mode. I got so much empty room here that you can do whatever you want. We could be in Derby mode. Yeah, but then people just find me and kill me. Why would I want that? <laughs> I mean, but I can make you super powerful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, I absolutely then. <laughs> Uh, you've got you've got all sorts of exploits in there. I mean, I ran across let's see, uh, MSO eight sixty seven. I ran across Dirty Cow. So I mean, they're they're all kind of hanging around. Oh yeah. I, so the funny thing behind that, I was running out of monster names, so I figured I'd name all the monsters after exploits in the portal dungeon area. Nice. And so I've always wanted to kill Drown. Now I rebalanced the game so they're actually killable. When I first let's call it three weeks ago, people running in there dying everywhere. And the thing is, I put in the game. Um, an announcement so when people die it tells me hey so-and-so died and it was just like so-and-so died so-and-so died and right now there is no penalty on death well that's good at least i might make it so you lose a level in half your stats ouch i mean right now you just drop all your money and drop all your equipment yeah it reminds me of the i think the first mod i played was uh it's called eotl i spent far too much end of the line yep and uh one of the, uh, you know, of course there were, there were trolls on there. Uh, and you know, I had made myself up to like, I don't know, level 20 or so. And, uh, some troll came in and just started attacking me and killing me over and over again. And I tell you what, I was level one in no time. Yeah, that'll happen. Right, by the way, the other pro tip, you can type CMDS. that tells you all the commands you can type. That's handy. Yeah. There's actual help in this. That actually sort of works. Cool. Yeah. Tell arena didn't have a very, very forgiving death, uh, mechanism. When you died, anything you had on you was just gone, period. No one could pick it up. It was just vanished. You had no corpse to go loot. Yeah, I think most of the commands on the screen right now we can't use. And it was such a pain in the butt to, to get levels. Man, this is bringing back like nightmares of dying in Tellarina. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's the coolest part about this whole thing is, yeah, I was killed by a command. I forgot about that. Sweet. I didn't realize I was there. Learning shit about my game all the all day long. Yeah, there's MOTD commands. There we go. Yeah, it tells about the brutal ripoffs, and here's my you know random announcements about stuff coming in. I never actually follow through on it. Yeah, no longer advancing levels. I change. Oh, right, here we go. Here's all the hints. This tells you exactly how to find all the quests. Sweet. Like I was actually nice. Oh, and by the way, here we go. <laughs> You'll want to find lockpick. <laughs> Go search the prison. <laughs> you don't get much right. more direct than that. Go find some damn lockpicks, trust me. <laughs> I mean, when I'm telling you find lockpicks, you're going to want lockpicks. I mean, you have to find the stick of a thousand truths and somehow save the thing somehow, right? I might put some evil sysadmins around here running around killing people, like, randomly, because they have you know, some uptime and stuff. <laughs> Or if you walk into the room during a sub one, they all get cranky unless you have coffee. There you go. That's perfect. 
You have to Your quest like, will be to bring the Iron like, Sisted Men's coffee. Like coffee, like actually, actually coffee in your inventory if you come in with yes. coffee. The Sisted Men's <laughs> all have to be some some spawn of BOFH. Yeah, right. Or PFY, or I'm going to put you guys in my game now. <laughs> I mean, I started off as a network engineer. I mean, I'm already brain dead from BGP. Me too. <laughs> But yeah, if anyone's interested in helping out, I'm going to do some random walkthroughs and workshops and stuff at DerbyCon, because why not? Um, part of this game is going into the DerbyCon CTF, or I might just run my own and you know, offer drink tokens. Cool. Cool. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll put a copy of your mud in my derby, and I'll wear it. <clears throat> DerbyCon. It only <laughs> uses... like I'm running this on a DigitalOcean um, $5 a month v, um, VPS, so yeah. it's like it'll fit inside a Raspberry Pi. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'd be surprised what'll run on those things. It'll fit in a W zero, yeah, W zero or whatever it is. That's what's in my hat. So yeah, that'll work. Cool. It, it so would actually, right it would actually be pretty awesome if my derby became part of the official DerbyCon CTF. <laughs> I could probably arrange that because I do donate the wireless and stuff to the whole system. But then, so. but then people might tackle me and take the hat. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. <laughs> do an auto destruct so if they tackle you and the hat goes offline, all the characters get destroyed. Right. I'd pay to see that. What? See me get tackled at DerbyCon? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's the last I mean, year. Who knows, right? There's going to be that rubber knife fight that has to happen because of that whole thing. There's going to be yeah, shenanigans it, in the elevators. Because it didn't happen last year, the knife fight. No. And I mean, <laughs> I, you guys owe me a knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Me and Danny have to knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should actually program gambling in this, and I should program Hacker Jeopardy into this game. There you go. That would and be awesome. Virtual <laughs> Hacker Jeopardy in a mud. You have to answer in the form of a question in order to pass the quest. <laughs> and if you fuck it up, they set you back to level zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just mean. If anyone else has any evil ideas, I'm completely down for implementing them because, I mean, I'll put in clowns, I'll put in circuses, I'll put in Hello Kitty, I'll put Burning Man in here if we have to. Like, let's make this game weird. Also, I've seen people try and fuzz stuff like you know, using passwords of password admin. It's not tied to the users, although at one point you could complete a quest if you entered in a gender of DerbyCon. It would give you a ticking code at one point. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I realized that was too obscure to Listen, check it out. Listen, I, I actually have to complain because I tried to put in my chosen gender of dragon and it didn't accept it. I will code that in just for you. Let's go <laughs> do that right now. Because why not? All right, so let's go to CD Derby. I need to find the race daemon. Find dash or dot dash name race dot C. Let's, let's go to Gerpa first. CD lib. All right, cool. We found the race. So we need to go delete standard race or edit standard race. Yeah, don't delete it. That would probably not work. No, that's not the one. I need the other one. Standard body race. So we nano. And wait, it's not race. We don't gender. That's what it was. Yeah, right. I did say dragon, which is generally a race. (laughs) Yeah, no. Sorry. Surprise, it's in the same place. Yep. Parrot. 
Oh yeah, so there's a hack in this game. You can't set it yourself, but if you set your race to parrot as a wizard, it auto makes you an admin. Sweet. <laughs> Same thing with the wizard, but you can't set your race to wizard. Okay. But I put that in there as a hack at one point. That might get turned on in the actual DerbyCon CTF mud. Because last year the solution was to become an actual wizard. Yeah. And then from there you had access to go edit var www. And there's a patchy running on that serving that web page. Which means you could upload, I don't know, some PHP shell in there and get root via a reverse shell connection figured out where Ed works. The only curse was you had to quit and relog in. Spicy Weasel actually completed this quest, but they forgot to log out and relog back in at the end of it. Mm. Oops. Or someone else did the right, but it wasn't Spicy Weasel, it was somebody else. Anyways, so we want to go add in Dragon, you say? Yep, Dragon. You know what? I'm going to make you a BOFH because, yeah, I don't actually. <laughs> Accept demands. Return BOFH. And now he's going to do one more edit, which is going to be find dot dash name user D dot C. And we're going to find this is where my clear text password is saved. No, no, no. Um, wizard. No, other. Rep. It was in here somewhere. Bear with me here. No. Uh, There's a gender shit here somewhere. Might not be user D. It might be straight user C, but I could be wrong. There's the make admin crap. Watch evil mod code live because it's better than watching paint dry. Only slightly. Gender. Okay, fine. Control X, Control X, uh, grep, gender, dot, sys, Damon's star. Okay, then. Um, grep, <laughs> set, gender. Uh, it's going to be in commands. Uh, oh, it's in user C. Sorry. Not user DC. Now, I'm not going to even advertise this. I'm just going to put it in. If I can type. I can have a gender of DerbyCon. Yep. Yeah, he That's just not coded that. in. <laughs> but yes, um, string equals uh, B. <laughs> or string equals BOFH. I might turn these back on sometime randomly. You just never know. It's like a free pen test. Now we tell it into the game. Yeah, see, it's IP6. Sweet. Oh, no, I'm in the 21st century. Except there's no SSH. Except nobody else is, so... <laughs> There we go. Now we'll go quit. People. One second. You messed it up. No, I straight to update that one, Damon. 
<laughs> so all you do is going to be where did I put that daemon? What did I say it was? There we go. People, people, and people. Uh, my code sucks. Your code sucks, man. Well, anyway. That's generally how you do it. That's exactly how <laughs> you take over the world. See? Yeah. So eventually the whole thing would, in theory, work and then add itself in. Um, oh, I know what I fucked up. I know exactly where it is. You got to go add it right in here. No, that's not right. One sec. If equals other, other, other. Yeah, whatever. So it'll eventually work. It just takes a couple of reboots where you shut down the system a couple of times. At some point, you'll be able to set your gender to BOFH. Congratulations. Actually, yeah. Or I'm just going to cheat. He's just going to go ahead and but, restart the mod right now. Yep. <laughs> I hate system D. <laughs> and yet you're using it. <laughs> nice. This is going to make really great audio content for the audio release of the show. I know. Eh? It's going to be freaking terrible. <laughs> RM slash home slash git slash gerba slash dump and dump.old because screw you guys can't do a stateful restart. After that kind of change, okay. start mud. We could we could read the uh, IPv6 address that he connected from. So I'm teleading into the game because this is funny as hell. Let's go type this junk password. Oh, that's already an existing character. Somebody already used junk. <laughs> Mog sucks. GDPR sucks. And it's a goatsy.io. Oh god, don't. <laughs> All right, so my code doesn't work. I apologize. I'll make it work tonight. You, so you can be a BOFH. You did it wrong again. Man, what's wrong with you? Oh, I can't code worth crap. You know this. Yeah, I guess that's right. So this has been live coding with Mog. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, the game works. Go get your damn ticket code. Yeah. I might just get bored and just hand people random crap. Um, yeah, I might make random users unleash the stick of a thousand truths and let them go kill people. I might give random people the zap command because I'm bored. Or I might just give the zap command and make it free. Just let everybody zap each other. Yeah, as dude, long why as they not? can, as long as they can figure out that they have the zap command, right? <laughs> oh, I won't announce it. I'll just make it. I'll copy it to the regular player directory and be like, "Hey." <laughs> Realistically, we all know this is just a ploy for me to get all your passwords and give it a DerbyCon ticket code at the same time. So totally. I mean, shenanigans abound. That's, that's exactly um, what it is. Also, I'm also giving the Illuminati full access to the game, so they can go right through their own little sections. So the IP might throw random things in here. So you know, <laughs> there's a giant conspiracy here to get your DerbyCon tickets and paddle you from the Church of Wi-Fi. Some and that, people, my friends, is Derby Mud. <laughs> some people would enjoy that. All right, let me. Uh... Switch us back to our uh, normal. Now he's got to reconfigure the whole thing. Nope, nope. Just like click. Nope. Click. There we go. <laughs> See, there we go. So yeah, that's been Derby Mud. It's been a cool little project. And I mean, stuff actually works once in a while. And it's kind of cool that we do stupid stuff like that. You shrink this window back down to the normal size. And then 
Ta-da! We have our video back. All right, cool. So, yeah, cool little uh, demo of Derby Mud and lots of interesting info there and some live coding. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll make. And all the hints and spoilers galore. Great, I mean... Great podcasting. So, exactly. Um, so, I guess I will say anyone who's been listening audio only um, and you stuck through that whole thing, just go watch the that section of the YouTube video because there's no way I'm going to be able to make that audio-friendly <laughs> <laughs> no, none of that's audio friendly. There's maps yeah. on there. There's cheats. Yeah. There's me highlighting sections. There's me showing underneath the hood. Like, I mean, I could read all the characters one by one in the monotone Morgan Freeman style voice, but you'd all probably shoot me at the end of it. <laughs> okay, now I'm typing ls dash. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all right. So I guess that's uh, that's about it. So. Um, I don't know if you want to recite again how people can get to the mud. Oh, yeah. And... So to get to the mud, do not use Netcat because, quite frankly, you're going to get Link dead and there's other random broken stuff. So to get into the mud, you have to use a thing called Telnet or get a mud client. Your options are um, on Android, you can download a tool called Blowtorch and play from your phone while you're on the crapper. I've heard some people do that. There is CMUD, ZMUD, Mush Client, and Portal C-Mud. for Windows. I forgot about ZMUD. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, <laughs> Thanks it's all good. Back in the day. So those are all the MUD clients for Windows. There is a couple of MUD clients for Mac. I have no idea what they are because I do all my stuff in Telnet. I know I'm crazy. Um, Telnet works rather well. And by the way, I don't mind if you use bots. Right now the game maxes out at 40 people connected, and I may randomly zap people, but I have no problem if you use a bot to go try and connect stuff, grind stuff away. Just don't be surprised if I randomly zap you and have all your body parts flowing across the game. <laughs> I have running, been known to... running a yeah, mud is is an interesting balance between letting people play in a way that they find enjoyable and uh, letting people play in a way that's fair. <laughs> so you know what? here's the thing: in this game, there is no such thing as playing fair. Play to whatever enjoys you. I don't care if you troll, kill random people. Just know that if you start killing everybody, like that South Park War, um, World of Warcraft episode, I am going to hand some players the stick of a thousand truths, and they're going to slay you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, so there will be a full player run economy by the time DerbyCon runs. By the way, so if you guys want to run your own shops and like mine and crap, that all happened. <laughs> Awesome. I should get around to go coding that in. Um, awesome. The mines will be active probably this weekend if I get drunk enough. If you get drunk enough. Yeah. Well, get, when, get, are get... Adding, uh, when are you adding Bitcoin wallet support? Um, I'll accept DEF coins. Although, so here's the funny story about DEF coin. You know the reason why I failed, right? Yes. I saw your talk on Broke this. It. Speaking of, I want to share this before we leave. This is freaking hilarious. I'm going to show my DEFCON rejection letter for when I got DerbyCon, um, when I uh, broke uh, DEFCOIN. This rejection letter is epic. One second. I'm not going to get my email here on rejection. Then I'll share it here in a second. Ruin your nice, shiny everything. So, you going to share is, again? Do I have to? Yes, uh, I am. Sorry. You're going to hate me, but this is funny. This is just, this screams hilarious. So, I'm going to read this out because everyone needs to hear this. Hang on just a sec. Let me. And now it's tiny. Weep. There. Now people in the stream should be able to see it. All right, well, so this kind of. I mean, you know, your font's a little tiny. Can you make it bigger? <laughs> That's better. 
Okay. That that better? Yeah. All right. So it reads off as your standard blah, blah, blah rejection letter. You know, review board has reached a decision for your submission. Unfortunately, we're not accepting your talk. Breaking the crypto economy. How we crushed the DEF coin economy for DEF CON 22. Blah, blah, blah. The usual rejections. In the end, I tried to provide feedback. Normally, they don't give you the full um, review board feedback. So here's where it gets interesting. There was a consensus that what that we felt what you did was unfair. You chose to route against the working towards something for fun for the community. Instead of working with us to test and work with the community of miners in coordination, you made it harder for us to join in and have fun. The spirit of Def Coin is doing something fun, blah, blah, blah. You chose the selfish route to gain one million coin. As a yes, you stopped mining. We appreciate it. But here are some of the conversation snippets. It just comes across as a lone gunman releasing all the party balloons so no kids can have them. Working against DEF CON, then asking to speak about how you worked against DEF CON isn't going to win you any fans. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're I right. Vote, right? I vote no, although he is correct. He did piss off a lot of people minding them the way he did. I'm not clear if the vulnerabilities he plans to share are applicable to other coin thingies or whether they only worked at DEF CON because the number of players are relatively small. To be fair, I warned them when they launched this thing that you should not clone Litecoin because I had like 80 GPUs at the time and I wasn't afraid to use them. <laughs> Yes, I remember the talk. Folks, in what, reflection, yeah. what, what, do you remember which year it was? I, th- I think it was like DerbyCon 6 or 7 that you spoke about this? 5, I think. Was it was uh, Confessions of a Crypto Cluster Operator. Yeah, so go go look up his talk. It is quite entertaining, and I think some of it was done off the record. <laughs> yes, a tiny portion of it was done off the record because we were discussing my cluster size at the time, and right. then someone released my full cluster size at Usenix 15 paper, so the cat's out of the bag. Because at the time, I was speaking under pseudonym only without my real name. Someone released my name, my cluster size, and my company. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, anyway. Anyways, in reflection, I've noticed that when it comes to something's DEF CON contest, the desire to win is encouraged for obvious reasons. Blah, 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 the other. I'll talk about not playing fair. Um, you don't always have to play fair to say it's unfair, so therefore equals bad is not a binary thing. So they got all kind of yeah, big, they kind of agreeing with me in this case. You know, yeah. Participants are aware that it holds barred. Hackers in general don't play fair. It's counterintuitive to achieve knowledge in many cases. Hackers break things, sometimes they have to fix it, but nonetheless, receiving the feedback as the party that was broken can be difficult to accept, and compounded more so when it's two parties of hackers. The board felt the possibility of causing more drama between the organizers yourself was not worth it. Now, the funny part about this rejection is I am the first person to cause a 51% attack against a production commercial blockchain and forged transactions. It wouldn't be for three years later when people are able to do 51% attacks against things like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, using their giant crypto components. So we were the first ones to do it, and we were rejected by DEFCON 22. It's, what, 27 now, so five years ago? I want Nikita to sign this. They were just mad that you ruined their their currency. Yep. And now the funny reason why this got even more pissy is you guys all know what Crack Me If You Can is, right? They know I'm on Team Hashcat. Yeah. So we stopped mining two days before Crack Me If You Can. The block confirmation times went from a minute to three weeks. <laughs> so it broke coin droids. They had to lease coin or capacity on GPU farms. Something like thirty grand to make coin droids work that year because of us. <laughs> I mean the fact of seeing all this and all of a sudden everyone's talking about blockchain testing and I'm seeing blockchain talks all through DEF CON, it just proves I was right. And I'm not bitter. I just think it's funny as hell now. And I just thought I'd share. Because this is me talked about at whose slide, or not whose slides, this we talked about at Drunk Hacker History. 
This is why we can't have nice, nice things, man. Yeah. Well, the funnier <laughs> part about all of this is I'm competing in Hacker Jeopardy because I've won three times in a row, if you count ThoughtCon. And then I'm um, helping judge whose slide is it anyways, thanks to you know, Danny and Gru. And then I'm also you know, Drunk Hacker History, and I'm also helping Dan Crowley run the Destruction 20 CTF. So if you want to see shenanigans, just follow me. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, we're at about the end of the show here. Let me yeah, we're done. Switch my uh, screen back here. I've broken your screen multiple times. Most entertaining under the seats or under the hood scene uh, so far of Iron Systemman. Yeah, right. So invite uh, invite Evil Mog. He'll break your show. It doesn't. It doesn't help that OBS doesn't pick up the Zoom session until I switch over to it and resize it slightly. <laughs> it sounds like a Zoom problem. It's lots of fun. <laughs> Didn't uh, Zoom have a bug recently where they had, like, remote code execution at runs browsers? Uh, kinda. I don't know if you'd call it remote code execution. It was more like, we can fire up a session by including a funnily crafted image URL, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. So the they had a local web server that... that yeah, I mean that... That allowed reinstalls. And that was sort of the other piece of the whole thing—that <laughs> they yeah. they secretly put a web server on your Mac. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so as it turns out, um, did you know that certain links in a web browser, when they're loaded, automatically fire off applications? Weirdest yeah. thing I've ever seen. It is weird. Totally weird. Yeah, I exploit that in pen testing. Yeah. Yeah, it, for some reason, because it was Zoom, it made big waves. But, yeah. Whatever. Well, I mean, Zoom is a pretty heavily installed thing, and, you know, well. Yeah, but I mean, web browsers are dumpster fires anyways. Mostly. <laughs> All right, so this has been Iron Sizzabin Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the chat about Derby Mud, and go check it out if you want to get a ticket to DerbyCon. Uh, if any of you are going to DerbyCon, let us know. Maybe we can meet up and chat. Uh, DerbyCon's not for, what, another month at this point. Um, I really need to get on the ball for the Hack Your Derby stuff because I don't think we've done any planning at all. <laughs> so Jason and I and the other Dustin, not you, but the Dustin who's uh, on this show frequently, or not so frequently anymore. Something about having a baby or something. Ah, those things. Anyway, we need to get together and, and get prizes. And uh, if anybody's out there that might want to sponsor prizes for Hack Your Derby, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll 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 chat. So, um, yeah. Do either of you have any final words before we end the show? I mean, whoever wins Hack Your Derby can get one of my old school DerbyCon drink tokens. Sweet. <laughs> I have one of those. I don't know if I have one of them. I have all the little circle ones, not. Uh, well, yeah, yep. I got the rectangle one. So, uh, well, good no, for you. No, nothing, nothing interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm boring. All right. Yeah, right. You you took up half the show. So, all right. So for anyone who wants to watch us live, you can see this happen live on the roughly on the second and fourth Thursday of every month. Um, August is going to get a little thrown off because I'm going to be away for training during when we would be recording the second show of the month. So I think we're going to move it up by a week, and we're going to have the folks who run the Red Hat Accelerators on the show, which should be fun. Um, so you guys can find out what that group is, and maybe even if you'd like to join it. So what's the guys hiring like IBM groups to come on your show? Like seriously? Yeah. Well, I mean, I uh, I set up the show with the Red Hat Accelerators before uh, they were officially purchased by IBM. So. <laughs> 
No, I mean I'm I'm a member of the group, and the guy who runs it is really an entertaining guy, and I think it'll he'll be it'll be fun to have on the show, and it's related, you know, it's related to what we do. So, sure. um, right. So uh, you can find the show on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash Iron Podcast if you want to watch us do this thing live, or you can watch past shows that we've already released. Uh, you can join our Slack workspace if you want to chat with us directly. Uh, IronSysadmin.com forward slash Slack will get you to an invite link. Um, Facebook and Twitter, just look up Iron Sysadmin. I see no reason for the show to have an Instagram account, so don't look for us there. Uh, of course, you can subscribe to the audio version of this show wherever you would find podcasts, uh, things like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, wherever the hell else you might want to find a podcast. And if you want to support us directly, monetarily, you can do so via Patreon, patreon.com slash ironsysadmin. And with that, I think we're going to call it a night. So thank you to everyone who tuned in live, and thanks to everyone for watching and listening. So good night, everybody. You guys can feel free to say good night. Go on, say good night. Good night, night everybody. (laughs) 